The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shepard, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to the new era. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 16th. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier, and Happy New Year. We have arrived at the start of the 2022 league year. Let's get right into it. Plenty of significant roster moves for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've agreed to terms with now seven unrestricted free agents with around $155 million in guaranteed money among them. But ask the Cowboys, they aren't officially official until the player signs the contract, of course. But many of those signatures expected tomorrow. Let's start, guys, with the offensive additions. And the highest priced of them all, at least reportedly, wide receiver Christian Kirk. Never been over 1,000 yards, Bucky. What does he bring to the Jaguars' offense? So Christian Kirk is a uh, unique playmaker, unique talent that the Jaguars are adding. Uh, I think anyone who watched the Jaguars play last season saw that, look, they had pass catches, but not a lot of speed and playmaking on the outside. And so people would look at the numbers that Christian Kirk has put up and they would say that he is not uh, necessarily a, a number one playmaker. But what I will say is when you watch him play, he's a guy who has versatility. He has the ability to play inside and outside in this offense. And you have to remember Doug Peterson is bringing in a pure version of the West Coast offense that will mo- will move people around to every spot on the perimeter, meaning uh, – in this offense, you have an X, you have an Z, you have what is called an eagle position. That's the E position. That's your third receiver. Well, in a perfect world, you would like receivers who could play all three spots. That enables you to be able to mix and match, create and exploit mismatches, and it allows you to kind of dictate where you want the ball to go. What Christian Kirk has shown that he can not only play in the slot, but he also can play outside. And so having known Christian Kirk for a long time, having watched him uh, from his high school days, having worked with him or whatever, this is an A-level route runner, an outstanding pass catcher, and he quickly will become Trevor Lawrence's um, best friend. And then when you think about the other additions that kind of complement what they're doing, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, you now have the versatility to kind of maneuver and miss and match and kind of use the, the field like a chessboard trying to create advantageous situations for your top pieces. Yeah, I asked somebody in football, I think it was yesterday, uh, hey, tell me about the class. Kirk was the first player mentioned. I said, why? And one word, explosiveness. Uh, so even beyond speed, that interested me because it strikes me that explosiveness is different than speed. Uh, Kirk's a player who, as Bucky said, will threaten defenses, stretch defenses, and make defenses have one more element to consider. I know everybody's caught up in, oh, you paid him this, you guaranteed this. This team had to get better, and it had to have more things that concern defenses and more places for Trevor Lawrence to go. Uh, It it strikes me that uh, Kirk is that guy. I'm intrigued by uh, by what Bucky said, that he can play multiple spots, because your first thought when you look at him is, ooh, 5'11 receiver, uh, that's a little pricey for that, but every time somebody talks to me about price, I keep saying, look, price couldn't be a consideration in this market for this team because they had to spend, they've got to get back to a certain level, whatever the cost may have been. But Bucky, do you agree with Kirk? I mean, 
in terms of his explosiveness? Is there a difference there, explosiveness and speed? Uh, yeah, I, I would say like uh, what Christian is is more quick than fast. The explosive, the explosiveness that you're pointing to and alluding to is about short area quickness, quick area like sudden separation, uh, the ability to get from zero to sixty in a hurry in small spaces. That's what Christian Kirk is able to do. The other thing that you have to look at this, and I think um, we probably should mention the other guys because it's probably easier to do an overall analysis on what the Jaguars have done with the wide receiver court as opposed to Christian Kirk. But I will say this about Christian Kirk, and a lot of people are caught up in the amount of money that it costs to bring him in. I will say this I learned a long time ago. Hey, the cost of doing business is the cost of doing business, but how he plays and how he's utilized, that can necessarily be a consideration. So in playing in this offense under Mike Holmgren, where when Mike McCoy was a practice squad quarterback, when Doug Peterson was a backup, and I was at the beginning stages of beginning to move over to DB, but still practicing at wide receiver. Coach Hongren used to always say this. I don't necessarily need A's to be able to make this offense function and operate at a high level, but I can do a lot of damage with B-plus receivers. And so when you look at this in total, you talk about a high-end number two-ish in Christian Kirk, who may be deemed to be the number one because people are going to see the price tag. A high-end complimentary receiver in Zay Jones. Uh, people are trying to figure out, is he a two, is he a three, what does it mean when he comes over? A high-end pass-catching tight end in Evan Ingram. Well, now what you've assembled is, let's just say, three B-pluses in that um, receiver court around Trevor Lawrence. The other thing that you want to do when you're the Jaguars it's important that you bring the type of receivers on board that extenuate what the quarterback does really well. Well, let's go back to the last time we saw Trevor Lawrence play really well. That would be in Clemson. Well, you look at Clemson. Clemson killed people on short, intermediate passes, a ton of uh, what we call now screens to wide receivers. Um, the ball is out of his hands quickly, and those guys were able to turn those short passes into bigger gains. And so there needed to be a level of, explosiveness and elusiveness to be able to play that kind of offense and that kind of style. And so a lot of this is the Jaguars going all in on making sure that the quarterback flourishes as opposed to building the prototypical wide receiver core that people talk about in these standard traditional NFL offenses. This is more catered to making sure that Trevor Lawrence has what he needs to play at his best and at his best is what we saw at Clemson. This is the Huddle Up Podcast. The Jaguars beefing up the offensive line as well in free agency. Guard Brandon Scherf, five-time Pro Bowl selection, all with Washington, an all-pro selection two seasons ago. He's been at it for a long time, Bucky, and that's a big fella in the interior to bring in. And, you know, they they franchised the left tackle. They're bringing in a guard now. Um, it's the start of some some changes up front. Yeah, it changes up front because what you want to do is you want to make sure that the quarterback is protected. Everything that has been done and everything that will continue to be done on offense is about getting the quarterback up and going. Um, that's what happens typically when you have an offensive head coach, a guy who is also a play caller. He is going to make sure that the most valuable chess piece is going to have everything that they need to, to thrive. And so Doug Peterson wants to make sure that the quarterback doesn't get hit, that he has enough weapons on the outside to throw the ball all over the yard, 
And he wants to make sure that when they need to be able to run the football, that they can run the football. And so that's the next step. We can talk about uh, James Robinson and those things, but Travis Etienne is very much in the plans. And it is about being able to not only protect Trevor Lawrence, but to give Travis Etienne enough uh, room where his explosiveness can produce big plays and they can score points. A surf to me um, brings you consistency at the position. Everything I've heard about him is that's a mark of his being consistent. Um, he's been banged up a little bit, but well, know, I, I, I meant when he's on the field. When he's actually healthy uh, out there, yes. Again, not to knock guys as they go out the door, but Andrew Norwell, high, high level guy when he played well. And then every, you know, it, it seemed like every game or two, a a big noticeable mistake. Uh, and, of course, with offensive linemen, as we all know, every mistake is magnified. Uh, Scherf's reputation is much more consistent uh, without the, you know, high-profile oops play. And uh, that's what they need, you know, because that matters up front. Franchise tagged in 2020 by Washington, signed that, and uh, then, of course, was the first Washington player to be named first-team All-Pro since 1996 that season. He's had some accolades in Washington and now coming to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Renew now, roar later, and the time is now to renew your season tickets. Season ticket members who renew by March 17th, that's tomorrow, You'll also be entered to win a trip to Canton, Ohio, as the Jaguars take on the Las Vegas Raiders in the Hall of Fame game. Plus, Tony Baselli. You might have heard of him. He'll be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The defensive additions and what they bring to the Jaguars organization after this. Welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, and John Osier. And there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Get access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more for all shows during the 2022 season. All of them. And this year's shaping up to be one of the best yet. Dave Matthews Band, Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, and much more. Don't miss out. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. John, you'll be there. Can't, I, I cannot wait. Where for are your blue seats? Do you, you get my blue seats no? are at home with the rest of my seats. Okay, well, we're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get some uh, become a Daily's Place blue members. Well, I'll I'll look into that. Bucky's already won. I, you know, it's probably in his deal. I get that. It's probably being negotiated as we speak. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, maybe they threw those. I mean, threw some uh, tickets or a blue membership into the the tote bag. I guarantee you, Christian Kirk got a blue deal. That's right. Got a blue seat. That might be in the fine print of some of these deals. He might just be sitting solo at a couple of these shows. That's a good point. (laughs) You know. So yeah, I mean, look, the bag. The bag. Bucky's intrigued by the bag. I can't wait. He's intrigued. Bucky told us for the show you feel like you weren't. You missed your place in line this week. I absolutely missed my place in line. I felt like there was a calling and it was a giveaway. And everybody got the notice except me. And then I wake up and find out, like, what? If you show up at 9 o'clock at the stadium, they're giving away bags. And some of those bags may have lots of cash. I feel like I got to the stadium at 920. And right now I'm in the back of the line and I'm just waiting to see if the bag comes. I mean, if there's anything left in the bag. I don't think there is. Frankly, like you missed <laughs> you missed the notification on your phone, and like you, oh gosh, it popped up. Late. You had your phone turned down. <laughs> the phone was off. Bad play. That's that's a problem. Let's move to defense. Speaking of money, Foye Oluokun is coming in from the Falcons. 
$28 million guaranteed dollars for him, a former six-round pick out of Yale. He was the league's leading tackler in 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a big-time addition at linebacker, Bucky, for Foyer. Yeah, big-time addition when you watch him play. Uh, it's not only speed and athleticism, outstanding instincts. This is a self-made man when it comes to the position. And I, I, I think the one thing that we are seeing in all of the free agent moves, very dynamic and explosive athletes coming on board. This is a team that needed to up the ante when it came to uh, the speedsters on both sides of the ball because when you have great speed on defense, that's when you're able to generate turnover. Great speed leads to more velocity on hits. The ball begins to fly out. It leads to tips and takeaways because you're getting balls off uh, overthrows and deflections. And so it was a concerted effort by the Jaguars to up to any when it comes to the speed and the playmaking ability. If you want to improve and close the gap on your competitors, you have to have more players, more playmaking. Bucky, we haven't mentioned the show yet, but most people listening know that Miles Jack was released. Is this a case of both guys not having room in the defense or not really? You know, like, look, man, it's one of those things where you think you're going to work with Miles Jack. I mean, Miles Jack has played at a high level. He hasn't got the recognition that he necessarily deserved. Uh, he should have been a pro bowler, particularly two years ago. He should have been a pro bowl player, uh, but it, it hasn't necessarily worked out. And so it's one of those things where sometimes, man, when you're changing the guard, you kind of just change everything out. Right. You know, it's like a new house. You, you you paint the walls, you change the drapes, you, you you remove the carpet, put new carpet in, or maybe hardwoods. And I think for Doug Peterson, um, they want to make sure that they kind of flip the script when it comes to Jacksonville. And that's why you're seeing so many new faces come in. And we'll continue to see probably a roster turnover in terms of getting this roster to look the way that he wants it to look, having been a championship coach. How good is, uh, and I'm going to botch his name, so JP, you take his name. Alu. I'm the guy we just signed. Uh, Foyer Aluakun. 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 I've been practicing. I had no <laughs> I like, confidence. There's, there's multiple name guys that we, we just signed. I had no so. confidence in myself, Bucky. I, I, I had no confidence. But, ha- you know, I, I see the stats. I also see sixth round pick. Um, so, is he this good? Tell fans something about him. You know, I haven't had a chance to watch the Falcons. I, I like the numbers, I like the leading tackler part. Uh, how good is this guy? Uh, impactful, impactful in terms of his tackles are not like tackles that are down the field. The Falcons haven't played great defense the last few years, but this guy shows up on tape. Uh, one thing that you're looking for when you're watching defensive tape, who are the guys that are flying to the ball? This guy shows up because he is flying to the ball, sideline to sideline, making plays, great instincts. And sometimes, you know, we can get um, fooled by draft position because someone comes in as a six-round pick. We think they're not a really good player. Uh, sometimes scouts miss. You know, sometimes scouts miss, and they, they think a guy's a developmental guy, and you don't know how well he can play until he actually plays. He got an opportunity to play early in Atlanta, and he outplayed his draft status. And so when you put up the kind of numbers that he put up from a tackling standpoint, man, you have to have a strong nose for the ball to be able to put up the kind of numbers that he was putting up as a top tackler. So uh, he's a good player. He's, um, he's going to bring some different energy. And I think that's also some of the stuff. Mike Caldwell, whole new defensive staff. You're kind of trying to bring your own guys in. And so a lot of times it's kind of out with the old, in with the new. And we'll see how it all comes together. But I do know that the Jaguars are certainly more dynamic on defense due to Olukon coming in. 
Aluicon. Aluicon. That's right. Aluicon. That's All right. I got it. You got Aluicon. it. It's muscle memory now, JP. Yeah, just wait till you hear this one. Fularunzo Fatokasi is the defensive tackle. They, uh, his nickname's Foley. He goes by that. But um, I'll call him Foley. He's in from the Foley Jets. F. Another former sixth-round pick out of Connecticut this time, a noted run stopper, one of eight players last season, Bucky, with 15 or more run stuffs and 15 or more quarterback pressures. Max Crosby, Demario Davis, Aaron Donald, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, Cameron Jordan, and Christian Wilkins, the other seven. That's from NFL Media earlier this week. Well, uh, is he a run stopper? What else can he do? No, uh, Ron, stop it. The, the, the things that you're seeing are kind of like old school, traditional things. Uh, great defenses are built strong right down the middle. And so uh, you see it adding a defensive tackle and a linebacker right up front is to let's stop the run and force people to run to the edges. And then you want a defense that's fast enough to secure the edges when guys attempt to get around the corner. Um, this guy's unique because he is a very, very stop. I mean, a, a very uh, stout and steady uh, run stopper, but he does have some pass rush ability. Now, he's not an Aaron Donald type inside pass rusher. He is not a high-end pass rusher, but he certainly can pressure the pocket from inside. And a lot of times, that's more disruptive and impactful than maybe just generating sacks. Constant penetration in the face of the quarterback right up the gut really forces those guys to move. It changes their trajectory, which leads to overthrows and some batted balls. Really, really good player. Really solid at the point of attack. And the Jaguars had to address the interior of their defensive line because stopping the run has to be the number one priority of any good defense. Yeah, as much as I joked about the names earlier, to me, when the signings or the acquisitions started happening on Monday, these two stood out, uh, maybe even beyond the bells and whistles guys at receiver. Because if you've watched this team for the last two or three years, there was a little bit of a decline from 2017, 18, 19 in terms of being stout up the middle and stopping the run. And more and more they had to put guys in the box to get that done. To me, these two guys were about let's get better at being stout in the middle and stopping the run without having to overcommit other personnel there. Um, it, they were better at it last year, but I don't think anybody out of us three or anybody watching the team thought it looked great on that level last year. So if this is a step toward being much, much better in that area without having to overcommit personnel, then it's money well spent. Yeah, John, I, I think it's interesting that you brought up 2017 because you go back and look at the components on that defense in 2017. The things that stood out up front, they were big and strong. Second level and third level, they were fast and athletic. And that's just the calling card. That's the way you have to play defense in today's game. You have to be able to uh, in a perfect world, be able to stop the run without necessarily having to drop extra defenders in the box. And then in the passing game, you have to be able to rush the passer, hopefully with four, occasionally five, but then you got enough speed to cover in the back end. That's the way you have to play if you're going to play these offenses today. Uh, Fatakasi, by the way, has a brother who just played at Rutgers and tapped out of the Gator Bowl because he was going to the draft this year as well. Ula Kunle. Fadokasi, outside linebacker. John. His last name is just as difficult for me as <laughs> Just like his brother right. uh, Wednesday morning, word came out that cornerback Darius Williams is coming home, the Creekside High School product from down in St. John's. He went to UAB. It was one of three schools he attended, by the way. He was undrafted by the Ravens, claimed off waivers by the Rams back in October of 2018, has been with them ever since. Now he's coming home 
with a $30 million contract and now a Jaguar, his hometown team. He's 29 years old. He spent a few years away from the game of football, was working at like an Ace Hardware in town, went to FSCJ for a little bit, ended up at UAB and was undrafted. I mean, the guy has taken the scenic route to get to this point, but he's coming home. Well, what a cool – I mean, that's an even cooler story to me than somebody who gets drafted by their hometown team. Because you've worked for it, I'm sure there were people in his high school. With, oh man, he'll never make it, you know. So he gets to come back, and uh, good for him. I mean, everything you hear is that he's a good kid. Uh, so I'm looking forward to meeting with him, covering him. Uh, and what's interesting, and I'll ask Bucky this: uh, is is he purely a slot corner? Can he play outside? What does that mean for the Jaguars' defensive backs? I look at it and assume maybe incorrectly, that it's uh, Shaq Griffin and Tyson Campbell on the outside. How does he impact that, Bucky? Good player. He's a really good player. He made a ton of plays for the Rams. Uh, I'll speak about his skill set. His skill set is terrific because he's a guy that can play off, meaning he doesn't always have to be nose-to-nose on the wide receiver. does a great job of reading routes and recognizing what's happening in front of him. He will make plays. He made a ton of plays throughout his time with the L.A. Rams. Uh, He can play outside, but he also can bump inside. I think this is a move where people have to understand the nickel position, particularly the slot corner position, is another starting position. Um, There are 12 starters on the defense. The nickel back counts as that. And you need to have three high-end corners to be able to play in this league. And so he gives them a, a, a guy who can play outstanding nickel coverage, and it gives them maybe some versatility and flexibility in terms of how they deploy their stuff. This is a team that I would anticipate being a heavy zone blitz team, meaning where they're bringing uh, five, maybe six defenders at sometimes, but playing zone with their eyes on the quarterback. And to succeed in that, you have to have guys that are very comfortable playing in space, being able to sort out all the stuff that happens in front of them. Williams is a guy that does that. Um, I do wonder for Tyson Campbell, um, Shaq Griffin, as they continue to evolve this uh, defense, how these guys are best suited to play because those guys are better nose-to-nose. And so uh, I'm curious to see what it all looks like when they put it together. But this is a team that's going to be aggressive, but they're going to do it with a lot of smoke and mirrors and deception. But you have to have guys who have a lot of tools in the toolbox to be able to do it. Williams has that. Is it important for a nickel? I thought they might draft this spot, but uh, is it important for a nickel because of the complexity of position to have a veteran as opposed to – you can play a rookie, you can play a kid outside because there's maybe not as much, uh, it's not as complex. Is there any truth to that? A lot of truth to it, John. And in fact, you've been around the game long enough to know that the way that things used to work is your best corner in, in nickel downs would move inside to the nickel and your most inexperienced corner would play right corner, meaning on the defensive right, the offensive left, which is the backside of most right-handed quarterbacks. Um, that's where you would hide your inferior player. And so um, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have someone who has seen a lot of the game, who's kind of gone through a bunch of different situations and understands how to play it from a situational standpoint, from an experience standpoint. He has a level of expertise in playing inside. Yeah, nickel is not necessarily a spot where you want to put a young guy because it's, it's tough in there. It's, it's a lot. You have to kind of be able to tackle like a linebacker. You have to play in space and handle all of these adjustments. 
So it's a high IQ, very technical position. And I think it, it, it requires some experience to be really, really good at. And yeah, JP, one of the most underrated players on that 17 defense to me was always Colvin. Yeah, and I was going to say, that at a high level. Aaron Colvin told me one time that you got to have some dog in you to play nickel, yeah. too. Um, so, Oh, yeah, because when he's talking about that, like JP, he's talking about when you're the nickel, remember, you're removing a linebacker to put the nickel corner in. So the nickel corner has to be tough enough to handle the run responsibilities when they run it at you. He needs to be able to be courageous enough to make blitzes off the edge because a lot of defense coordinators like to use slot pressures uh, to impact the quarterback. He has to be able to cover slot receivers and occasionally a tight end, depending on what the personnel is. And so this guy has to be a little different. So the toughness is definitely there. He almost has to be a decathlete. He has to be able to bring a bunch of different things to the table to be able to succeed inside in the slot. Where is Colvin these days anyway? Is he out? Yeah, he's out. He uh, was in Houston for a he minute. Played Houston for a minute, um, and uh, I I happen to follow him on Twitter, and seems like he's doing well and happy. And uh, but I'm not sure what he's doing exactly. Right. So yeah, we'll have it. Uh, this is the Huddle Up podcast. Let's say goodbye to Miles Jack. Eight million dollars in savings, a little over four million in dead cap money. Jack had that great 17 postseason. Got a contract extension was constantly, it felt like, moving as the seasons went along when the defense would change a little bit. He'd move some other position. Last couple of years, the story was the green dot on and off the helmet and back on again, calling the plays on defense. He's still young. He's 26, but there's some questions about his knees and his health there. Uh, for me, the highlight was that 2017 playoff run. Those three postseason games, he played big in big moments, uh, he is a cap casualty. He's out of here, John. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up as a totality of the 2017 postseason because everybody remembers, and it's become a you know a legend in these parts that Miles Jack wasn't down the play against New England that would have gotten the Super Bowl, I yeah. think. Um, but what's forgotten is exactly what you just said a a huge play against Buffalo. Uh, it was a huge game changing play against the Bills, either a tip or an interception. Yeah. Um, and then a huge interception on the sideline against Pittsburgh. In the Steelers game, yep. When they were getting that lead that, you know, Fournette was, you know, monstrous early in that game to get in that lead. But the Miles Jack play, along with the Telvin Smith play, were the two key defensive plays in that game that probably without it they don't win it because they don't have that huge lead. I guess it's fair to say either from being used or whatever happened, he never quite lived up to the hype because there was so much hype at the beginning. And if that's true, which maybe it is, it it still shouldn't be lost that he was really good for a long time and made a lot of plays. He strikes me as a guy, had the team been better around him, he probably makes Pro Bowls, makes more plays, more impact plays. Um, I hope and think he should be remembered very fondly by Jaguars fans as a really good player for this team for a long time. Yeah, it's unfortunate because it was teed up for him to really kind of go into the stratosphere as one of the star players in this league. Coming off the heels of that 2017 season, uh, Jacksonville making a deep postseason run. The expectation was that the Jaguars would remain a Super Bowl contender. That didn't happen. But if the Jaguars had continued to play at a high level, there would have been more eyeballs on Miles Jack and what he was able to do as a look a, a terrific talent at the position. Now, his time has come to an end, but I still think there's some value 
to what he brings to the table. I still think he has a lot of good football left. I think the main thing for him is finding the right spot where his talents can kind of be showcased. You know, I think he's a run and chase player, meaning he needs to be a will linebacker that can run and do some things. He had chances here, but man, when you can't stop the run, you can't do those things. You're always playing from behind. It's really hard to showcase your off the ball linebacker. And so, uh, maybe going forward, he'll have an opportunity to really showcase all of the talents that he brings to the table. Uh, that'll do it for the Huddle Up podcast today. What do you got coming up this week, Buck? Now, you know, we're just getting closer, man. Like, everyone's going on pro days, so I'm getting ready for a big week. Next week, I think the quarterback pro days are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm. So I handle some of the coverage there. You get a chance to see some of these guys. Who, who, Good thing for us, we're not into quarterback conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, who, yeah, who are you going to see next week? Uh, so next week, I think the top the top guys go. I think it's Kenny Pickett, uh, Malik Willis, and Matt Corral. I think also mm. goes next week. So we get a chance hype to hype those three. guys up, Bucky, because uh, the Jags need the one of those guys hitters. to be uh, selected number one overall. Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. Ah, like, no. Come on, like the league. No, nah, the league has you. already told you. No, nah, the league has already told you what they think about those quarterbacks. When as soon as we come back from the combine after doing all that hype and hey man, these guys are good. Every team in the league went like dominoes and got veteran quarterbacks and traded for them and those things. Right now, there's not a lot of love on the street for those little young guys. All right. Well, uh, we'll I blame you, Buck. Either way, we'll look forward to your coverage of the quarterback pro days coming up. Uh, That's Bucky Brooks, John Osier. For Joe Fortunato, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. It's the Huddle Up Podcast.